more than anything in this world, we need Jesus. He is all we need. In our lowest moments and in our mountaintops, he is all we need. I'm really excited to talk about this today because I think the world has a misunderstanding of peace. And I think that this is one of the greatest promises that believers receive from God. Peace. Someone say peace. Peace. So we've been in this series where we're learning who God is. Hello, my name is. Someone say Jehovah. Hey, we're learning some words. Shalom. Someone say shalom. Yes. Jehovah shalom. The Lord is peace. That's who he is. Not wants to be, not sometimes does or gives. He is peace. Amen, church? Everything about him is peace. He exists peace. He's the foundation of peace, and he's the source of peace. In fact, peace cannot be truly had without him. He is it. And so we've been asking a couple questions as we get started in this series, why we're talking about these names. And the first question comes to this, who is it that we worship and praise? Why do we sing these songs up here and and, and do all of these types of things? Why do we gather on a Sunday morning and, and meet together and worship? Why do we do this? Why do we glorify? Why do we live for this? Or who is it? Who is it that we worship? And who is it that we live for? Someone say, I am. I am, look at this scripture, I love this, Isaiah 42, I am the Lord, that is my name, Yehovah, I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory, I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols, in other words, he is the only God, first of all, he is the only God who is real, the only God who exists, we talked about it last week, I am who I am, I cause to be because I cause to be, please go listen to week one. He is the God who exists, past, present, future, involved and active with us. And he deserves all the praise and all the glory and no one else. Amen? Here's another one. Not even myself is worthy of honor and praise. All to him. Yahweh, I love this. You can put this up here. Yahweh, we need to know who it is that we glorify. This is the proper name of God, Yehovah. He speaks to his people and says, this is who I am. Exodus 20, look at this. I am the Lord your God, that is Jehovah, who brought you up out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. There is no one like Yahweh, and he is a God who saves and is active with his people. Amen, church. I love that we're saying no one but you. It's not in my effort that I can be released from my burdens that I carry. It's not in my effort that I can find healing. It's not in my effort that I can find all the resource that I want and get rich. No, no, no. He is our only source. He is who he is. There's no one, no one, there's no other God. No other name is worthy of our glory. No other name is worthy of our praise, our sacrifice. No other name. No other name. Anything else actually is powerless and deceptive. Those who knew your name, I found this scripture, and this is where this whole series is based on. And if you're taking notes today, you have a clipboard in front of you, go ahead, get a pen. This is such an important scripture. Here's why we're talking about this today. Hello, my name is. Here's why. Those who know your what? Name. 
So apparently it's important to know his name. Those who know your name put their trust in you. So when you know that he's peace, Yehovah Shalom, when you know that he is peace, the Lord is peace, and you need peace, who can you trust? Him. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. He's never let us down. He's never lost a battle. And when we chase after him, he will be found. Hello. <laughs> no, when you know his name, this is the bottom line for this whole series. When you know his name, you understand more of who he is. And when you understand more of who, you, of, of who he is, you trust him. When you know that he is a healer, you trust him. When you know that he is peace, you trust him. When you know that he is master, you know that he's in command. So we trust him more and more as we get to know his name. Someone say, Yehovah Shalom. Yehovah Shalom. That is his name. When Gideon, so Gideon is, is uh, of the smallest tribe and the Israelites were under attack and my goodness, is, uh, Gideon is just asking for God's intervention. God, where are you at? What are you doing? We're under attack and now I'm like the weakest of the tribe. We, are, we need some help. An angel showed up and started speaking to Gideon and then Gideon says this. When Gideon realized that it was an angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, alas, I love that word, alas, <laughs> alas, sovereign Lord. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, someone say it, peace. Someone say peace. When the Lord shows up, there is peace. Amen. That's the first thing he said. Peace. Bang. Peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon, he built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it Jehovah Shalom. That's what he called it. You see, Gideon gave us insight into who God is. The Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom, that's who he is. Not wants to be, not gives. He is it. He is peace. I love that. That means that peace is found in nothing else other than him. If he is peace, that is the only place that you can find it. And the thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about today is the fact that peace is perhaps the greatest thing that our heart desires. Did you know that? That's just what we're after. I know many people say, oh, I want the house. I want the car. I want the wife or, or the husband, them being real hot, you know, six-pack. Oh, I get it. But can I tell you what truly nourishes the soul and what truly, like, gives you true completeness is peace. Let me give you an example, <laughs> and I'm going to be very forward. You can have the most beautiful wife in the world, but if you guys are at home, Proverbs says, it is better to live on the roof than with a quarreling wife. I said that to my brother-in-law. I said, I'll see you on the roof, brother. Because I mean, we battle and battle and battle. It's peace that our hearts wants. The money, you cannot serve both God and money. Money will not give you peace. Do you know that they did a study on NBA players who make millions of dollars? Did you know that depression is rampant all throughout the NBA? These people who have everything, they have Twitter burner accounts in which they respond on behalf of themselves to jerks on Twitter. 
They're depressed. They have all that they want. They could go buy any car, go hang out with any person, travel anywhere in the world, and they're depressed. Because peace is not found in money. Peace is not found in a spouse. Peace is not found in a home. I've been to many homes that have many rooms but no peace. Mm. It's peace that we really want. It's peace that we really want. But I want to give some understanding because again, if the world is, is contemplating peace as the money or, or, or whatever, everything that you want and desire, that's actually not peace. So we need to understand, someone say, what is shalom? What is shalom? What is shalom? I want you to know that this week I did like an 8 to 10 hour comprehensive study on the word shalom. I was reading so much my eyes crossed, okay? Trying to understand. Because this is a big word. I got four different categories. Someone say completeness, safety, to feel safe. Prosperity, that's an interesting one. Prosperity or health or wellness and tranquility. That's what shalom encompasses. So I want to give you a, a little story. There was... Um, Emily and I, uh, we went to bed. We put the kiddos down. We put them down around 8.30. You know, the whole process, read their Bible to them, and then they cry. Oh, snuggle me for 100 minutes. Yeah, I know. Bye, buddy. Good luck. You'll fall asleep, okay? And, and there was one night <laughs> where, first of all, my kids talk in their sleep. It's freaky. Like, I, like, lurk, lurk up, and he's like, oh, no, I don't want to peek at you. You know what I mean? Like, he's just talking. And so there was one night where my son, Warren, who's five, started screaming. And Emily and I, kind of in our sleep, were like, come on, buddy, come over here. And at like 2 in the morning, he came into our bed. Warren is a five-year-old, but he don't sleep right. Like, I'm telling you, he just kicks me in the face and all this type of stuff. 345 rolled around, and I heard my little girl, Kennedy, scream. And continued. I was like, babe, give her one minute. She'll be all right. And she kept going and kept going and kept going. And Emily was finally like, go get her. I said, all right, I'll go get her. So we had a full bed on Monday night. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need some rest here. But isn't it interesting that the solution for peace in their life comes through being close to their father and close to their mother? They needed nothing else. It's not like we got some special sleep number bed. just needed mom and dad. Isn't that interesting? Scripture says to have faith like a child. Can we learn something from that? That we don't need anything but our Father. Wow, if you lived like that, you would have so much peace. So much peace. Completeness, safety, prosperity. I don't know why I'm getting emotional right now. I always get emotional. I'm sorry prosperity and tranquility. I want to give you scriptures for each one of these, these four words, completeness, safety, prosperity, and, and, and tranquility. But I want to start with complete, feeling complete. Someone say complete. We're going to discover what it is to, to operate or to live next to or with Jehovah Shalom, okay? Now may the God of peace, look at that. 
This is in Hebrews chapter 13, if you're taking notes. Hebrews chapter 13. Now may the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well-being. We're in the amplified version, so it just gives us a little bit more context. May the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well-being, who brought up the dead, or brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant. I love that. Keeps going. Equip you with every good thing. Someone say, every good thing. So you receive every good thing. That sounds pretty complete. Every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, making you, someone say it, complete. Is Wendy the only person awake today? Making you what? Complete. Complete. Making you complete and perfect as you ought to be. Accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight. I love that. What's he do that for? So that we'd be pleasing in his sight. Not that we would have everything we want and need, so that we'd be pleasing in his sight. That's a huge distinction there, church. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Remember the first question. Who is it that we glorify? To Jesus Christ be the glory forever and ever. So he's going to make you complete, lacking nothing, equipping you for every good work. He is going to give you completeness. Someone say complete. That's what he's going to do. Shalom. Everything you need and equipping you for every good work. You have all that you need. Peace. Someone say safety. Now we're going to move on to being safe. I love this one. I love this one. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So in every circumstance, go to God. In every circumstance, God, thank you that you are with me here. I just need to bring this to you right now. I'm scared. I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm overwhelmed. And the peace, look at that. Instead of solving every problem and giving you the billion dollars that you want, what's he give you? Peace. Oh. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, it keeps you safe. It keeps you safe. There's nothing worse than walking into a house and having the fear that someone is going to intrude. You can't sleep, you can't relax, you can't rest, you're on guard, you're anxious, and all of a sudden when you walk into his house, peace. He guards you and keeps you safe, your heart and your mind. Safety. Shalom. Oh, I want that safety. I, I, I shared on Easter that my home didn't feel safe when I was younger. And I just want my son to know that he is safe. Always safe. Prosperous. Hey, can I change your mind on some things? We have, what's the famous prosperous scripture? Someone say it. For I know the plans I, plans to what? Prosper you and not to harm you. That's on every kitchen wall of every Christian household ever. Yes. Okay. I think we have a misunderstanding of prosperity. In our Western view, we view prosperity as overwhelming blessing, the dope house, the promotion, and the job. Hmm. 
what if prosperity is peace? What if we, what if we read this with shalom in mind? This is what the Lord says. He's speaking to the Israelites who've been in exile for years and years. They were captured by the Babylonians, kicked out from their land. Someone tried kicking me out of my house. You'll see what happens, all right? This is what the Lord says. <laughs> Sorry, I'm weird, okay? When 70 years are completed, I will come to you and fulfill my good, per my good promise. First of all, he never fails. I love that. To bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you peace. Plans to give you peace. You've been in exile and wandering, fearful, fighting for food and shelter. I just want you to simply have peace. And God is going to bless, and he is going to raise up. That's the type of God he is. He's faithful. But the greatest thing that we could receive is not the beautiful home, but it's the peace of God. Amen? Plans to give you peace and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me. I love this. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. That's a promise, folks. When you pray, I will listen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So the question is that's really intriguing for you and for me today is how much do you want peace? To me, it's all I need. And so I will seek it with all of my heart. Anyone else with me in this place? That's all I need is peace. That's all I need. And then finally, tranquility. Tranquility. That everything is stable and steady, covered, handled, serene. This is pretty close to safety, I would say. Safety is stopping the barrages from coming in, but tranquil means that everything is at ease. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, go ahead, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Isn't that interesting? What did it say in Psalm chapter 9? When you know his name, you trust him. And what's he called? My refuge and my fortress, my God. Mm, I will trust you. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Isn't our enemy wicked? Oh, he is wicked. And when the enemy tries to cause chaos and come in and sweep and disrupt and deceive and lie and manipulate, he gives you tranquility in all of that. That's crazy. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. Under his wings, his faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. I love that. You will not fear the terror of night. Go ahead. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destructions, the destruction that wastes at noonday. Under these wings, all is calm and all is well. And the enemy can try everything he wants. But in this place, you can't touch me. And in this place, I'm covered. Tranquility. Completeness, safety, prosperity, and tranquility. Does everyone understand a little bit more about shalom? Does your heart deeply and desperately desire true peace? That's what my heart wants. I don't need anything else. That's all I need.
And what would my days look like if I had this peace in my life? Not the dope house, not the right blah, 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 not the perfect job. No, no, no. What would this peace look like in my life? This safety, this tranquility, this prosperity, this completeness. What would my days look like, church? What would your days look like if you had this peace? So I want to take a look at the word. If you want to open up with me, we go uh, to Mark chapter 4. Go ahead, get the word out. Someone get the book. The book, get the book out. Because we don't take my word for things. We take his word for things. This is not a Nick Miller TED Talk, not my opinion time. Let's take a look at his. Mm. This is one of my favorite stories, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, folks, Mark chapter 4. Matthew, Mark, there you go, Matthew, Mark. Okay, there you go. Mark chapter 4. We witness the Lord is peace in the middle of a storm. I want to show you what completeness, tranquility, safety, and prosperity looks like even when the storm is going all around you. We witness Jesus, the Lord is peace, Jehovah Shalom, in the middle of a storm. Will you all read with me? Mark chapter 4, verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to that side. Someone say, let us go over. We did a series on forgotten promises. We cannot afford to forget a single word that Christ says to us. And then in the midst of our daily operation, and in the midst of the busyness that we have, we forget that Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Have you forgotten what Jesus has told you? Before the storm even started, before they got into the boat, Jesus said, we're going that way. And if he said it, we're doing it. And we'll get there. How silly. They just simply forgot the words. Come on, guys. I don't blame them, though. I'd probably forget, too. <laughs> Let's go over to the other side. He was preaching, and so he left the crowd behind him, and they took him along just as he was in the boat. This is something, if you got the core code, uh, we have a highlighter system. This was something fresh and new to me, so I highlighted it in orange. There were also other boats with him. I always envision this picture with just Jesus' boat on the sea. Do you know that there were other boats too? So there were other people in the midst of this storm, but there was one boat that had peace in it. Okay, church, I'm, I know I'm preaching. Come on. There were other boats on the sea, but there's one that had peace within it. I want to be on that boat, yeah? Other boats experienced the same storm, but other boats did not have peace on board. Just because you've asked. I'll say it. Others experienced this storm as well, but ah! But other boats did not have peace on board. I do that to Warren and Kennedy all the time. Ah. Mm. So we get to see the difference of what it's like to have Jesus with you. Peace. Jehovah Shalom. A furious squall. Man, just say something normal like a storm, okay? A furious storm came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. These were fishermen. These were people who knew what to do in this circumstance. These were guys who were experienced on the water. 
And so this was apparently a big storm where water was coming over the boat, and they were trying to get in buckets, get the buckets, throw it back over. Okay, they're freaking out. They're doing everything. Put anchor down. I don't know. I'm not a sailor, so you do what you do, sailors, okay? They were panicking. Do you know that when Jesus says we go to the other side, he does not promise a chaos-free journey? When he says, let's go to the other side, he does not promise a chaos-free journey. He just says, we'll get there. Big thing for, for believers. Understand, understand that Jesus does not make everything sunshine and rainbows. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, he has overcome them. You will. That's a promise right there. You will have trouble. There's a great cost to following Jesus, just so you know. Massive amounts of sacrifice and trust, and it will cost you your life unto death. That's what it says in the Word. So he does not promise chaos free on this journey, but he brings peace in the midst of the chaos. Do you know where Jesus was? So all of these guys were, were trying to get this water out of the boat. They were panicking, running around like headless chickens. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Figuring it out. All the other boats were also panicking. Do you know where Jesus was? He was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Someone say, Yehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. So in the stern, in the stern, I know nothing about boats, okay? But imagine it like this. There's something different about his room. There's something different about where Jesus was staying. Waters were reaching and going into the boat, but there's something different about where he is. There is peace in this stern even when the waters are flooding over the boat. Jesus is fully at rest. He's not hungry. He's apparently complete. He's tranquil. He's just resting and sleeping. He, apparently, he feels safe. There's waters coming in, but he's safe. And he is of good health. In other words, he's prosperous. Can we say that that room was filled with shalom? That stern had shalom. So then the disciples, they were like panicking, and they finally did everything they could do. Isn't that funny? We humans do all that we can do, and then we go to Jesus. Bro, come to me first. Come on. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Well, didn't you hear his words in the first place? We're going to that side. I have a serious question. I was praying this week, and it struck me to the heart. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Dios mio. Do you think they would have made it to the other side if they went into the stern with Christ and closed the door? Now, there is effort on our part. We do have to navigate the ship. We do have some responsibilities. But if Jesus said we're going to the other side, Faith would have trusted him. We could close the door and we can roll. We'll get there. You don't even need to wake him. You just simply need to be in that stern with him. I think, yeah. Yeah. That amount of trust in the Lord is peace. They could have gone into that stern, shut the door, and they would have gone. Hmm. Sometimes we simply, we try everything we can, and we simply forget that we just 
need to go into the stern, close the door, and be with him. That doesn't mean forego responsibilities. Please understand that we are called to a good work. There are things that we have to do. But ultimately, we just need to be with him. Amen, church. I wonder if they would have just closed the door if they would have been all right. Maybe that's the faith that Jesus is talking about. Mm. So Jesus gets up. He gets up and he rebukes the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. That sounds a lot like peace, don't it? The wind died and it was completely calm, tranquil, safe. The beautiful thing is, is that imagine the other boats too. They were probably panicking and then all of a sudden it like stops. They're like, all right, we made it. Can I, give you, can I give you some clarity on that? Though Jesus might not be in that boat, us operating with Jesus is going to heal and help people around us. Not everyone will come to Core Church, and that is okay. There are many beautiful churches around this place. But I am determined that as long as we are here, the peace that happens in this community will affect everyone around us. They might not even know why but they will have peace. The world needs it, amen? Mm. So here is peace in this cabin, sitting in this stern. You can see peace literally walk out of the cabin and into the storm. Someone will say, where Jesus is, well, say it with me, where Jesus is, there is peace. So it was held to the stern, and then he goes up on top of the boat, and he brought it amongst the waves. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? God's word believed. That's what faith is. Very simply, God's word believed, okay? Do you still have no faith? Do you think that these, these men read Judges chapter 6 before, or at least heard it, that the Lord is peace? They told the story of Gideon. They know that the Lord is peace. Do you still have no faith, though? Believe in God's word? They were terrified and asked each other. Someone say, who is this? What a great question. Instead of saying, wow, he's so powerful. Oh, my gosh, how could he do this? They didn't ask how. They said who? Because they know that there's power in a name. Amen, church. Who? By what authority do you do this? There is power in a name. There is power in a name. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him? That's a great question. Let me answer that for you disciples and all of us here today. Who is this? Jehovah Shalom is who this is. The Lord is peace. That's who this is. If only they had remembered. If only they had understood. If only they looked at their situation and knew that they were with peace. Today. Jehovah Shalom is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's here. And there's peace available to you and to me. So I have a couple things for us to consider, and I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this because um, I, always, I always like preaching the gospel, and then I love giving practical application. In other words, what can I walk away with? First of all, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Because where he is, where Jehovah Shalom is, there is peace. And you cannot have it without him. And whenever the world was formed and God created Adam and Eve, 
They were in this place where everything was complete, tranquil, <laughs> safe, prosperous. They were with peace because God was in the garden. God was there. Jehovah Shalom was there in the garden. And so they had this peace. And all of a sudden, the serpent comes in, starts dece deceiving, and they both take and eat. And from that moment, when they were outside of the presence of God, what happened? The peace went away. They were exposed, unsafe. There wasn't a lot of tranquility. In fact, there was a lot of wickedness. That's why God had to send a flood, because he's like, this is crazy. Hmm. But Jesus didn't want it to stay that way. The plan from the very beginning with that was that the Lord is peace would come down in, in the form of a body, in the form of a human, to become the atoning sacrifice, to make all things right and whole and complete. That sounds like peace. Amen, church? So our peace begins with Jesus. He took the sins on his back, our sins, our iniquities, our failures since the beginning of time, put it all on his back, took it to the grave, left the sin there, and walked out triumphant, trampling death. So that you may have peace here on earth and forevermore. Amen, church? So this begins, this begins with Jesus. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, today is the perfect day to find that peace that your heart is asking for. If I'm presenting this story and giving you this information and your heart is pounding, I'm telling you that's not just an accident. Jesus wants to have you accept him, embrace him as Lord and Savior, give him your whole life so that you may have this peace that we're talking about. If you truly want it, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all the smarts and all the money. All you need to do is simply believe and confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he is your Lord and Savior, and you will be saved. In other words, you will have that peace. That's, that's the start of it, and we're going to offer that a little bit later. But here, here's what I wanted to talk about. Where Jehovah Shalom is, there is peace. First, peace came with Jesus. But second, I want to say this. There is Jehovah Shalom in us who believe. Did you know that? That if you're a believer in the way, the truth, and the life, you have been given the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come. In other words, if you believe, the Holy Spirit is in you. That means that shalom is in you. That peace that your heart desperately wants comes in and invades. Ephesians 1, if you're taking notes, put this down. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed. Someone say believed. And believed in him. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit was given to you. The moment you believed. Who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Possession of it. To the praise of his glory. In other words, the Holy Spirit is given to us guaranteeing what is yet to come in heaven. How is God going to be able? Listen, let me ask you this question. How is God, whenever he returns and he gathers all of the believers, how is he going to be able to distinguish those who are believers and those who do good? those who have acted like church how's he going to distinguish you have the Holy Spirit 
That's the deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come. There are a lot of people who are generous. The Lord even says this, there are people who are going to prophesy and cast out demons in my name, yet I do not know them. How are they going to know him? The Holy Spirit inside of you and me through belief. That Holy Spirit is in you. Can we take a look at what it does? Galatians 5. Y'all know this. The fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Someone say it. Peace. You will have peace as the Holy Spirit enters your life. The moment that you believe in Him, peace comes in. Amen, church? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Hmm. Jehovah Shalom is in you when you believe. Hmm. Can I tell you something? That that peace is, um, it will flood you. When you believe, it will flood you. But there are still things that we got to deal with, and it will ever increase and grow in you. And you will find more and more and more peace in your life as you give him authority to do so. Sometimes we don't let peace go into a specific area or box of our life because we like our box of our life to be our way. And usually, can I tell you something, church? When the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in this box, let's say it's an addiction. When he wants to do a work in this box and you don't let him, that box is filled with chaos. But when you let him in, that box is filled with peace and tranquility and completeness. But you got to let the Holy Spirit do his work. Amen, church? It will give you peace. Where Jehovah Shalom is, there is peace. Did you know that Jehovah Shalom is in the house, church? He's in the house. Let me say it maybe this way. We're in his house. Mm. That means amongst us right here, right now, there is peace. Did you guys, did, can you guys feel that? That there can be mourning and weeping and hurt, and yet there still be peace. Right? My heart, um, again, with, with Marcus and Katie, my heart's been breaking for them this week and breaking for baby faith. But there's also just a peace that surpasses understanding. And it's moving here right now. We're in his house. Consequently, I love this. You can put this up here. Consequently, this is Ephesians chapter 2. You are no longer foreigners and strangers. Foreigners and strangers. A lot of stress. A lot of anxiety. Fear. Where's my food coming from? You're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Genesis 28, Jacob wakes up and he's like, whoa, surely this is the house of God. The gateway to heaven. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. In other words, this is his house. With Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, the one holding it all together. In him, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. That's the temple is where the Lord resides. That means he's here. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The spirit of God is moving in our midst right now because we're being built together into a temple. So, 
peace is in our hearts and peace is in his house. I pray that we would all experience that peace today. Amen. We need it. We need it. Lastly, can I tell you something? This, is, this was like, it struck me this week. Jehovah Shalom is in heaven. Did y'all know that? Yeah. For Jesus is at the right hand of God. He's there. The Holy Spirit's here. But do you know what that means and the comfort that I want to share with you all here today? Especially in light of baby faith always of our brothers and sisters, Marcus and Katie. That he is in heaven. Do you know what that means? Heaven is a place of peace. Revelation 21. I love this. Look at the picture of peace, church. And I heard a loud voice. This is John sharing his revelation with the church, the, the vision from God. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself, God himself, where he is, there is what? Peace. So God will be, himself will be with them and be their God. He will. This is peace. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away and we can rest in peace eternally amen church he is in heaven and he is peace I was probably five, six, seven years old and I used to cry every day for a fear of death but when you read this this is why Paul says to live is Christ, but to die is gain. While I'm here on earth, I'll serve him, but I'm excited to be received with the crown. <laughs> and this is why the church should look pretty weird. Instead of the fear and the hopelessness, there's actually peace. A day like this, there's actually peace. There's actually peace. We didn't grow up in church. I know what it's like to lose loved ones, to be around, especially death, without peace. But when Jehovah Shalom is involved, it changes everything. Someone say, There's peace. There's peace in us right here and forevermore. Amen, church. Wow. All we simply need to do is invite him in, go into the cabin with him, shut the door, and it's all good. Amen. Someone say bonus. I love bonus. Yeah. Do you know that church should be the most peaceful place on earth and we don't operate that way? There's so much quarreling and fighting. There's so much judgment between other churches. Oh, he said this and he talks like this. And to be honest, if I were to look at the church from an outside perspective, we do not operate in peace because we have not given the Holy Spirit, who is residing amongst us, authority to lead us in peace. There's quarreling. There's gossip. There's hatred. There's trash talk amongst other churches. Oh, Pastor Nick, he's too young, wears skinny jeans. What can you learn from this guy? 
You laugh now. I'm being serious. Oh, he's got tattoos, heathen. Being serious. It should be the most peaceful place on earth. It should be a place of safety, tranquility. It should be a place of completeness and prosperity and health and wellness. And I don't think the church operates like that. Am I wrong? it says Hebrews chapter 12 make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness look at that without holiness and without that peace no one will see God because God is peace and so when there is peace it's clear who it is it's Jesus Hebrews chapter 12 we need to make every effort someone say every effort make every effort to be at peace if there's someone that you got to forgive if there's a Interesting conversation, a conversation of offense that you need to have. You need to get it out. First of all, lean on the Holy Spirit for those conversations because they are tough. But we need to start operating in peace. Imagine a world that looks in and says, wow, that was pretty mean what that person did, but they love them. That's strange. When we operate in peace, the world takes note. I love this. Romans chapter 12. If it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. First Thessalonians says it like this. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Church, we're missing what peace should look like in the church. we got to start operating like that. Amen, church? This should be the most peaceful place in the world. People of all different backgrounds, wherever you come from, however you get here, this should be the most peaceful place on earth. Does anyone want that in this place? The scripture says to make effort. It's going to take effort. Amen, church? It's going to take effort to bring peace amongst people who are different than us, people who are, are young in faith and older in faith. There's going to be lots of lots of, of peace things. But I believe if the church operates in peace, peace it is going to look different And it is going to be holy. Amen? Someone say, Yehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. He's all we need. Amen, church? Amongst everything else, all we need is this Shalom. The greatest endeavor, the greatest gift, this Shalom, oh my goodness, it will change everything for us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are peace. You literally are peace. And so, God, I pray that we would invite you in. I pray that we would give you authority over our bodies, over our church. And, and God, we thankful that you are in heaven as peace so that we have hope for the future, knowing that we're going to be entering into a place that is safe, tranquil, all of these things complete. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are peace. And so I want to pray for, for some people here today. Because, again, I'll say it, the greatest thing that our heart could want is this peace. And there's no other way of acquiring this peace. In fact, you can't even find it or, or acquire it. It is freely given through the life of Jesus Christ. And if you need this peace, 
you've never received it, you've never believed that Jesus Christ died and rose again to set you free, and you've never declared him as your Lord and Savior, today I'm giving you an opportunity to make it real, to invite him in, to believe and watch the Holy Spirit bring shalom into every facet of your life. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to have it all together. All that you need to do is confess with your mouth, as it says in Romans 10, 9, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is your Lord and Savior, and you will be saved. Does anyone need that in this place? I'm going to challenge you to raise your hand on the count of three as an outward way of saying, I want to believe. I want to give my life to him. If that's you, one, two, this is the best moment of your life. Three, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Does anyone want to make that decision today to allow him to be Lord and Savior? Anyone want to make that decision? Just between you and him. Anyone need that? So good. Church, can we pray for those who made that decision? And if you made this from the bottom of your heart, I just want you, or if you made this declaration, made this decision, I just want you to say this in your heart. Jesus, I confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I turn away and repent of my past, and I walk with you towards everything that you have for me, all the peace that you have for me in the future. You are the Lord of my days. I submit all things to you. Have your peaceful way in me. Thank you for the life that you give here on earth and everlasting. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Can we lift up a shout of praise for those who made that decision?